Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. A successful bye week for the Indianapolis Colts, jumping into the playoff picture as the Colts currently sit as the sixth seed in the AFC playoff picture, taking on the second seed, the Patriots, who started yesterday the number one team tied with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs won yesterday, so now they're half a game up in the win column, tied in the loss column, both teams with four losses apiece. The Patriots coming in to this Week 15 matchup at 9-4. and four. The Colts currently sitting at 7-6, and six, and there's a lot of teams knotted up at 7-6. and six. You have the Colts, you have the Bills, you have the Browns, you have the Bengals, you have the Broncos, a bunch of teams sitting at 7-6, and six. and it's funny because because last year we swept the NFC, we went 4-0, and we almost missed the playoffs at 11-5. If the Bills don't play Week 17 and they lose to the Miami Dolphins, the Colts missed the playoffs last year at 11-5. This year we're currently sitting at 7-6, but because we're 1-3 in the NFC, it means we've won a lot of our AFC games, including the biggest tiebreaker on this list, which is that head-to-head against the Buffalo Bills. So that gives us that first seed amongst the seven and six teams. We lost that head-to-head with the Ravens. Obviously, we've been swept by our division rival, Tennessee Titans, but the Titans currently first place in the division. The Ravens at the moment lead their division, but I know Lamar's banged up and that division is extremely competitive. They're not playing great football at the moment, but solid AFC play outside of the Titans matchups and that terrible blown lead against the Baltimore Ravens. We've been pretty solid. So, We haven't played the greatest competition. You have two games in there against the Texans. You have a game against the Jaguars. You have a game against the Jets. And we have the Raiders coming up after this. And obviously this week we have the Patriots. So we have Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders. So we have two teams there in the next three weeks that are playoff picture teams in the AFC. The Raiders sitting at 6-7. and Patriots obviously at 9-4 and who we have this week in week 15 on Saturday. So this will be a nationally televised game on NFL Network Saturday night. And it's the rivalry, Jason. It hasn't been in a while, but you think back to the 2000s. You think about Manning and Brady and Dungy and Belichick and Randy Moss and Marvin Harrison and the great battles we had. Usually on Sunday Night Football, a lot of Sunday Night games, we'd see them pretty much every year in the playoffs again. It was almost like even when we left the AFC East, we were almost still kind of in the AFCs when it came to the Colts and the Patriots. It was a yearly staple between those two teams because both teams won their division pretty much every single year in the 2000s. And we haven't seen them in a couple of years. It'll be our first time seeing them without Tom Brady at quarterback. But after a down year last year with Cam Newton, they are right back to being one of the top contenders in the AFC sitting at nine and four. And we will have our work cut out for us again in this matchup because of the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Belichick. No doubt. And I hate this team more than you can ever imagine. I've hated them since, I mean, they were in the AFC East. And it pains me to say this, Luke, but this really isn't a rivalry right now. They haven't beaten the, the Patriots since 2009. And and most of those games that we played since then, outside of maybe one or two, have been absolute 
just blowouts. It kind of reminds me of the Ohio State-Michigan quote-unquote rivalry before this year. Ohio State had dominated. This year, Michigan comes up big and wins. I'm hoping that's what happens with the Colts this year. But just looking at the Patriots, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing great football, man. They've won seven in a row. They're undefeated on the road. They've gone and, and, and won at L.A. against the Chargers, uh, which, which was a big game for them. And then they went in and they beat Buffalo, you know, running the ball and playing good football when they had to, finding a way to win in, in adverse conditions. So, obviously, this is a very well-coached team, a very good team. They're built on their line of scrimmage. They're built at the line of scrimmage. They have a good offensive line, a good defensive line. They're very multiple on defense. They do a lot of different things, give you a lot of different looks. But at the end of the day, they're, they're going to try to run the ball and take pressure off Mac Jones and then let him work off the play action and you know throw a lot of short to intermediate stuff. He's played really well for them. It's going to be a good test for the Colts, but this is a game the Colts have to have. This is a matchup where they've got momentum, they've got it at home, they've got it at night, they've got pretty much everyone healthy outside of maybe one or two guys. Obviously, Paris Campbell's not playing, Blackman's not playing, and Zaire's probably not going to play. But outside of that, they're pretty healthy, and that's that's pretty incredible for this time of year. So no excuses, man. Everything's breaking right for the Colts right now. We just got done watching the Chargers choke a lead to the Chiefs, and you know that helps the Colts. Because if the Colts win this week, they'll be a five. You know, they'll be locked into the five seed and have everything, you know, in front of them to get that five seed. So a lot of things breaking right for the Colts. But this is going to be a great matchup, a tough matchup. Belichick is as good as it gets when it comes to game planning. So the Colts going to have the work cut out for them. Patriots are very good on the defensive side of the ball. Best, best, best defense in the league. Best secondary we're going to see all year. And I'll get into them in a minute. But yeah, man, it's going to be a great test for us, and it's a game we got to get. Absolutely. And we got a lot of help over our bye week, making it a successful bye week for the Colts jumping from outside of the playoffs to not only in the playoffs, but leaping the seven seed to the six seed. So we got a lot of help. We should be very grateful. And now we have to take care of business because every team starts zero and zero in the beginning of the year. We dug ourselves a hole at 0 and 3. We have already climbed out of it. That hole's gone. So if we miss the playoffs, it'll be because we dig ourselves a second hole. Now we have this wonderful opportunity. We're sitting a game above 500. We're heading into week 15 and we control our own destiny. You look at this Patriots team, kind of like us, they started the season at two and four. They're currently sitting at nine and four. So they've reeled off seven in a row. This is a very good team. They're obviously extremely well coached by Bill Belichick and they have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones and they have a coach in Belichick and I guess you could give McDaniel some credit for being the offensive coordinator although we're not too fond of Josh McDaniels but one of our major issues this season with Frank Reich is not really knowing the strengths and weaknesses of our team and our offense and our quarterback because he's done such a great job with our quarterback developing him getting the mechanics right and kind of de Philadelphia Ing Carson Wentz and kind of getting him back to 2017 form in Indianapolis. But you look at Mac Jones, he threw 51 passes in week three. They lost. He threw 40 passes in week four. They lost. Guess how many times he's thrown 40 plus passes since week four of this season? None. None. Because Belichick learned, okay, this is what I have. Last week, guess how many passes he threw? Three. And they found a way to win and beat a good Bills team. And a lot of people now are saying the Bills aren't that good. Well, 
I think they are pretty good. And if we say they're not good, well, that means we're discrediting our best win of the season. So I still think the Bills are a very good football team. And the Patriots went in last week to Buffalo, bad weather, threw three passes the entire game and probably could have got out of there with a win by only throwing one or two passes. And they came away with a victory. So this will be a tough matchup because you're going up against a mastermind head coach. And I know he's had, you know, different allegations in the past. And of course he's a cheater and we know that, but at the end of the day, the guy's a damn good football coach. So like you said, Jason, it's not a rivalry until you beat them and diving right into the game preview, starting on the offensive side of the ball for the New England Patriots. They come in 10th in points per game, averaging 26.9 points per game. They turned the ball over 16 times. They've allowed 24 sacks. And the quarterback, the man under center, after basically a gap year last year with a little bit of Jared Stidham and Cam Newton, they draft Mac Jones. I think he was the fifth quarterback taken in the first round. Was he the best quarterback? No. Was he playing the best? Yes, because he's in the perfect system. And we talk about system and fit all the time for these rookie quarterbacks. And you look at Lawrence struggling and the disaster there in Jacksonville and Urban Meyer getting hired. And then you look at Zach Wilson with the New York Jets and all these dysfunctional situations. I knew during the draft, like I thought Mac Jones would probably be a bust the second he was drafted by the New England Patriots. I figured that was the perfect spot for him and he was going to figure it out and he was going to be a good quarterback and he was probably going to get off to a really good start in his NFL career because he was in the perfect spot and a spot that was a smooth transition from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick and how they were going to use that quarterback. So you look at his stats, 2,869 passing yards, 70% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns to eight interceptions and I think over his last four games he only has one turnover one interception over the last four and they're on a nice seven game winning streak here over the last seven games and they're coming off the bye as well so this is not like an advantage where we had double the amount of time to prepare we're coming off the bye and the Patriots are coming off the bye in this one as we take a look at the New England Patriots offense heading into week 15. Yeah Mac Jones has done a really solid job of not turning the ball over you know, and he's very accurate. I mean, I don't ask him to throw down the field too much, but he makes all the throws. I mean, a 70% completion percentage as a rookie is pretty friggin' impressive. But their their offense really is is about establishing the run. They've got a two-headed monster back there with Damian Harris, 754 yards rushing, 4.6 yards per attempt, nine touchdowns. And then the second of the two-headed monster is Ramondre Stevenson, 429 yards. 4.3 yards per carry and three touchdowns. So they have a really solid running game, very physical team. This is the most physical team the Colts are going to play this year on both sides of the ball. Then you look at their tight ends. This I highlighted the tight ends in this because the Colts have given up the second most amount of yards to tight ends in the NFL, and they have two very, very good ones. First, Hunter Henry, 35 receptions, 394 yards, seven touchdowns. When they get in the red zone, they look for Hunter Henry. And then the second tight end is Jonu Smith, who's very athletic and a really solid young tight end. 26 receptions, 271 yards, one touchdown. And then just, you know, the, the rest of the notable guys on their offense, Brandon Bolden is a really good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar are the receivers. All three of those guys have made big plays for them. So their offense isn't overly explosive, but they wear you down. They run the ball. They're extremely patient running the ball. 
They they have no problem punting and playing defense. Obviously, we'll get into their defense in a second. It's really, really good. Number one rated defense in the league right now, playing really well. But their offense plays smart. They don't turn the ball over. They don't give up a lot of sacks or pressures. And they just play really sound football. So it's really, really important for the Colts to be ready to play mentally, physically, because this is going to be a tough, tough game. Probably going to be one at the line of scrimmage. I can promise you the Patriots are going to run the ball in this game. And that's their DNA. Their DNA is very similar to ours offensively. They want to run the ball. And they have two guys that can get it get it done. Um, like I said, the you know Harris, the kid out of Alabama, averages over four and a half a carry. And, uh, and he has almost 10 touchdowns. So, and then Stevenson's a young guy uh, from a small school, but he's been outstanding for them. So just a really, really solid offense. Not super explosive, but they don't need to be with the defense that they have. They get the job done. So Colts got to come ready to play. It's going to be a physical football game. And getting into our keys to the game for the Colts defense, key number one, stop the run and make Mac Jones beat you. We saw them last week. Run the ball against the Buffalo Bills, and it's like the Colts. We're at our best when Jonathan Taylor's running, and I think Carson Wentz is a lot better than Mac Jones and obviously more experienced than Mac Jones. But the Colts offense, when you go up against them, you want to stop the run. You want to make Carson Wentz beat you, or you want to make Frank Reich think that you can't run the ball or he can't run the ball and put the ball into Carson Wentz's hands. And I don't think the Patriots are going to do that easily, but if you could build a lead offensively and the defense is able to stop the run, they will be forced. Unlike last week when they were never forced to throw the football, they will be forced to throw the football. And that's where you want to put the ball in Mac Jones's hands. He's having a very good rookie season. The rest of the rookie quarterbacks really aren't. He's probably the, rookie of the year or the rookie quarterback of the year, whatever that award is, because it always goes to the quarterbacks for whatever reason. So he's probably going to win that. But key number one in this game for the Colts defense, stop the run and make Mac Jones beat you. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's funny because our game plan is probably should be similar to what theirs is going to be against us. They're going to try to take away Taylor and make Wentz beat them. We want to do that with Mac Jones. We want to stop the run. Now the thing with the Colts, they have not been playing the run as well this year. This is a game they have to play it well because if they don't, it's they're just never going to get off the field because they're going to, you know, the Patriots are going to eat clock. They're going to be physical. They're going to run the ball. They're going to stay with the run. And if you can't stop the run, it opens up the pass. Then you, you know, you got the play action. You're going to bite on that. You got seam routes to the tight ends, which we'll get into in a second. So the first thing they have got to get done in this game is take care of the running game. And that's easier said than done against this offensive line. And these two big physical backs, they're very physical, you know, at the line of scrimmage with this line and their running backs are very physical, too. They're they're very they very rarely lose yards and they're always picking up one, two, three. They very rarely lose anything. So Colts have to, you know, really be focused on playing their gaps, being sound, not getting out of out of their lanes and, and just being able to slow this running game down, get them in third and long, make them have to throw. If the Colts can get that done, I, I think they've got a good shot in this game. But if, if the if the Patriots are able to run the ball efficiently, it's going to be a long night. So they got to get that taken care of. That's first and foremost on the checklist of things for this defense that has to get done. Second on the checklist, key number two, defend the middle of the field, do a better job against tight ends, an area where you have to be 
at the top of your game when you go up against this New England Patriots offense. Key number two, defend the middle of the field and do a better job against the tight ends. Yeah, and this this is specific to the Colts and specific to the Patriots in this game because they have two really talented tight ends. And you saw what Gronk did to our defense. And I'm not saying Hunter Henry is Gronk or John U. Smith is Gronk. But what I am saying is they have had a difficult time getting depth on the tight ends, getting back far enough to break up passes, Leonard in particular due to the injury to his ankle. So that is going to be a very important thing in this game. They are going to test the middle of the field with their tight ends. They have two very good ones, as we've mentioned, and I expect that to be a big part of their game plan when they're not running the ball, to be testing the middle of the field, the seams, because you know we're playing – you have to remember we're playing Zendejo as a backup safety. Darius is playing on basically 75 80% ankle – so he's having trouble in the past game this year. That's a big concern of mine. I'll be honest, I'm almost more concerned about the tight ends in this game than I am about the running game because I think that seam route is open. And really, I think teams could have actually attacked it more than they have. I think a lot of reason they haven't is because we've been ahead by so much and they've been trying to do other things as opposed to you know the, the, the patient passing game, small to intermediate routes and whatnot. So – Definitely being able to contain their tight ends. Obviously, they're going to make some plays, but we can't have a guy take over the game like we did in Tampa with Tampa Bay. I mean, Gronk was literally their offense in the passing game. We have to we have to be able to contain Henry and Smith. Again, easier said than done, but it's something that has to get done because if it doesn't, you see what happens in a game like the Tampa Bay game. Gronk takes over, and that's the difference in the game. So. Colts have to really be buckled down and ready to, to stop these tight ends, and I'm sure they'll have a good game plan for them. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely a key to this game as far as I'm concerned because they have two really good tight ends. And key number three, the little things. When you go up against a team like the New England Patriots, a well-oiled machine that's extremely well-coached, you know they're going to do the little things. you got to match that. you got to play smart. You have to tackle well. No penalties. Be fundamentally sound. All those little things you have to cross your T's and dot your I's in a game like this against the New England Patriots offense. Key number three, play smart and play fundamentally sound. Yeah, this is a new key for us. Uh, Usually I give you the usual we need to force turnovers. That goes without saying. I feel like that gets done in a game like this by doing the little things well. If you do the little things well, the big things will take care of themselves. And in a game like this where it's going to be a real physical slugfest and a lot of running and short passing game to intermediate passing game, you've got to play smart. You can't get penalties. You can't miss tackles. you You can't miss assignments. You have to be smart focus, know what you got to do, and do your job. Don't worry about somebody else doing their job. Do your job. Take care of your job. I sound like you know I'm doing a Patriots infomercial with the do your job, but it really is that simple. You have to play smart and be fundamentally sound because that's how the Patriots are going to play. They're not. You're going to have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves, and that's, the Colts have to do the same thing. They have to make the Patriots beat them. Don't give them an inch. Make them earn everything. No dumb penalties. You know, Tackle fundamentally sound. You know, do everything that you've been doing. They've been playing good football outside of the Tampa game. They've been really, really solid. They need to just continue to do that. And I think if they can, be in a good position to win. Yep. And flipping over now to the Patriots defense, they come in first in points allowed per game, allowing just 15.4 points per game. The last time the Colts saw the number one scoring defense was against Buffalo. And we fared pretty well in that game. So now we see it again 
with the Patriots. Obviously, the Bills have slipped over the last couple of weeks. The Patriots' defense has also forced 26 turnovers, so they have a lot of ball hawks. They get the ball out. They turn the ball over. I think the Colts right now have 29, so we're still first, I want to say, in takeaways. Patriots right up there, just three takeaways back with 26, and they also have 32 sacks on the season as the Patriots' number one defense is led by outside linebacker Matt Don. He has 49 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks, and 25 quarterback hits in just, what, 13 games. So he's averaging almost a sack per game and seemingly one and a half to two quarterback hits per game, having a tremendous season stuffing the stat sheet for this Patriots' number one scoring defense heading into week 15. Yeah, their defense is very, very impressive. I, I will go on record as saying this is the best defense the Colts are going to play all year as far as just talent from top to bottom, depth. They have depth at every position. Um, you know, look at corner. J.C. Jackson's having an amazing year, 44 tackles, one tackle for loss, seven picks, 17 passes defended, one touchdown. Then you look at their safeties. And Kyle Jason, Duggar has how yeah. crazy is it they trade away Stephen Gilmore during this season – and it might have been when they were like two and four or whatever in the beginning of the year. And to turn it around the way they have with a former, that's a former defensive player of the year, kind of, I guess, towards the back of his prime now. And he's had injuries and stuff. But a guy who was playing at an extremely high level for them just two years ago when he won that award, they trade him away during this year to the Panthers when the Panthers looked like a good team and the Patriots didn't. And now the Patriots are where they are with the best defense in the league. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Belichick's done since he's been there. I mean, he just reloads, man. He just reloads. And, I mean, J.C. Jackson is really, really – I mean, he's just been unbelievable this year. Um, Duggar at safety, 80 tackles, four tackles for lost three picks. Adrian Phillips, I really like watching him play, formerly of the Chargers, 64 tackles, two tackles for a loss, four picks, one touchdown. And then you just look at their – just down their, the, the notable players. You go down the list, I mean – Javon Wheatley at linebacker, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Josh Uchi, the rookie out of Michigan. And you look at their D-line, Devon Godchuk, Lawrence Guy, the guy who used to be with the Colts, Dietrich Wise, uh, Carl Davis at defensive tackle, their number one pick, Christian Barmore. And then you look at their DBs, they've got Jalen Mills, corner, and then De- Devin McCourty, who's been there forever. They've got like three of every position group. Like, they've got three really good outside linebackers, four good corners, four good safeties, you know, eight rotational linemen. I mean, they're and, and linebackers that can run. And, I mean, it's just – they're just so good from top to bottom. They're very well coached. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They pressure the quarterback. They force turnovers. They got everything you want. They fly around. They're physical. Definitely the best defense I've watched on film. So – Judon's the guy, though, that can wreck the game. That is the guy that we are going to have to slow down. Fisher has not done a good job against elite pass rushers this year. Again, I hope that they help him, but do I think they will? Probably not because, as we know, Luke one size fits all. But that is a guy that if you let him, he will wreck the game. And it's not only about sacks. It's about tackles for loss, 13. It's about quarterback hits, 25. I mean, and you know, with with the way Wentz puts the ball on the ground, it very easily he could very easily cause fumbles. So Judon is the guy you look at and say, okay, this guy has got to be. We have got to know where he is because this guy could wreck the game for us very quickly. So 
that's the one guy I look at this defense, especially in the front seven, and say, okay, we have to know where he is at all times. And I, the Colts definitely have to be focused on that guy because he's having a hell of a year. He's making plays all over the field. He's come over from the Ravens and fit right in, playing better than I think anyone imagined he would uh, for the for the Patriots. So top to bottom, man, the best thing I can say about this defense is there are no weaknesses. It's a great strength to have when you have no weaknesses to speak of. As we get into the Colts, keys to the game offensively. Key number one, doesn't really matter if you're playing the number one defense, if you're playing the number 32 defense. Key number one, no turnovers, and you're playing a defense that has forced 26 of them on the year, averaging, what, two per game through 13 games. So they're averaging two a game, two takeaways a game. You're home. You want to keep the crowd in the game. You don't want to turn the football over. You don't want to give this defense the momentum in this game key number one no turnovers yeah and they get a lot of turnovers off throws so um i'm really hoping the colts will really focus on trying to run the ball and take in what's there and not trying to do too much because their secondary is very very good they've got a lockdown quarter corner in jackson they've got three really good safeties so the key to me in this game if this does if we turn the ball over in this game the Colts have no shot. This team feeds off turnovers. Like I said earlier, they'll bring pressure. They'll mix up their fronts. They they show different blitzes. They do. They're not a team that just lines up and plays their defense. They will show you all kinds of looks. They'll you know show blitz, back out of it, show coverage, blitz. So many different things for that that are already going to be on Carson's plate this week. So they have to be prepared for everything. Expect everything to be thrown at them. This team, man, I mean, they're just going to bring it. You got to be prepared to be physical and be out and out physical them in this game. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think this is a line of scrimmage game. And I just think the key for the Colts in every game, but especially against good teams, is not turning the ball over. We look at you look at the the second Titans game. You look at the the the, the Tampa Bay game, the two home games that we really should have won. I mean, five turnovers and I think three turnovers. That, or actually, I guess the the Tampa Bay game was three turnovers. We had two special teams turnovers, so three turnovers and three turnovers. If they turn the ball over three times this game, there's no way they're winning this game. So, no turnovers is a must. It's the key. It is the key to this game because, like I said, Patriots feed off that, give the ball back to their offense. They run. They can mix it up. Makes it even more difficult to win. So the Colts are going to have to really be focused on offense and not turn the ball over. They cannot. I can't emphasize it enough. They cannot turn the ball over in this game and have a chance. They just will not have a chance if they turn it over. Key number two, run the ball, be balanced, and stay patient. Jason, we've talked about this for a couple weeks, and we've talked about it during other week shows that we've had this fear going up against Bill Belichick, the king of stopping your strength and daring you to play your weakness, and then we have a coach who at times has been brilliant this year, but at other times has seemingly decided for no reason to play to his own weakness and get away from his own strength. So if the Patriots start to load the box and they bring eight, nine, whatever it might be into the box, a ridiculous amount of guys, and they're daring you to throw the ball and then dropping back into coverage, don't take the bait. You have the best running back in the league. You have arguably the best run blocking offensive line in the league you're at home you just had a week off so i know they had one too but you had a week off for your star running back coming off 30 carries to rest up so there's no excuse 
Key number two, run the ball, be balanced, stay patient. If you do that, I really think that's the biggest key to beating anybody in the National Football League is this key right here, key number two. Run the ball, be balanced, stay patient. There's no question. This is the key to our offense, Luke. And the frustrating thing is in every game against a good team outside of the Bills game, we haven't done this. We just haven't done it. And that's frustrating. The two Titans games we gave, I think, I think Taylor had 26 carries in two games. You know, in the other, the Tampa game, he didn't have a lot of carries. In the Baltimore game, he didn't have a lot of carries. So, I mean, the, the key is not getting impatient. You're playing, as I, as I broke down earlier, the, to me, the best defense in the league. And, and so you're, it's not just going to be, you know, oh, we're going to get 60-yard run. We're not, we're not playing Jacksonville. It's going to be a grind, and you're not good. It's not going to be simple. And, and sometimes I feel like Frank, a lot of times, just gets so impatient and he gives in to just you know getting into this throw happy thing. And that is the worst thing you can do with this quarterback. It is the worst thing you can do. Uh, this is definitely number two. Here is my biggest fear in this game that he is going to go away from the run because it doesn't work right away, and he's going to throw. And I'm telling you guys this right now. He throws the ball more than 40 times in this game. The Colts aren't winning this game. Just straight up. They're not going to win. I'm just going to tell you that. So they've got to be patient. They've got to be balanced. And they've got to get the ball to their best players. Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Pittman. That's, I mean, they can take away Pittman if they want, but they can't take away Taylor. You can give the ball to Taylor. They're going to yep. have to stop him. They can't keep it out of his hands. All you got to do is turn around and give it to him. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse. And if for they not do stop it. it, Jason, if they stop it the first ten times, you don't stop giving it to him. You keep giving it to him. Yeah, and, and again, we've talked about this. If you keep giving it to him, it's going to open up your passing game because they have to respect the run. If you take one play off against this kid, twenty-eight, that's that's eighty yards, man. If you take one play off, so they have to be focused on every play. And when you're giving him consistent carries, you hit him with that play action. It sucks everyone up, and that allows guys like Doolin or Hilton or Pittman or whoever to get down the field. That works against anyone. So they have to stay patient, be balanced. It's the way this team is built. They're built to play this way, and this is how they're built to win. They just have to do it. He has to stay patient. If he does that, I think the Colts have a great chance of winning this game. But he's got to do it. No doubt. And key number three, don't let Judon wreck the game. 12 and a half sacks in 13 weeks, 25 quarterback hits, 13 tackles for loss. I mean, we could keep going down the stat line. It's absurd. And we've talked about this in the past when we've gone up against great players that you don't want to let one guy wreck the game. We've also had a tendency in the past to treat players like they're all the same and yes this is a deep defense yes they have a lot of guys that could beat you but he is obviously the guy and you don't want him to be you know blocked one-on-one or anything like that with the game on the line so you have to know where he is at all times you can't let judon wreck the game and that is our third and final key to the game for the colts offense yeah, the one good thing about about this situation is they've really only got one elite pass rusher. Van Noy is okay. He's average, I would say. He hasn't had a huge year for them. So Judon is the guy. 
there's no other guy like with Tampa. They have, you know, they have Pierre Paul. They, they've got some other guy. They can sue uh, inside. And then you've got Shaq Barrett on the outside. So they've got guys all over the field, you know, as far as in the front seven with this team. It's more just this one guy that's really going to get after your quarterback. They don't have anybody else, you know, as far as pass rushers go that really I, I don't think they have anybody even close to to 10 sacks. I think the next guy down the list has four. So this is the guy. And and Luke, I've bitched and moaned about this forever with whether it's been against Miles Garrett or Khalil Mack or Shaq Barrett this year or Harold Landry or whatever. We cannot single block the opponent's best pass rusher when he's that much better than our left tackle. And if you do that, you are asking for trouble. So I am begging Frank Reich, please, for the love of God, help him with a tight end, chip with a back. Do not let this guy, because I feel like every game that we've single blocked a like a really, really legit pass rusher, they've made plays. I mean, Barrett changed the game with the, with the forced fumble. We're moving the ball down the field out of the half. We throw it 50 straight times. He gets a sack fumble. They get the recovery. I feel like Landry wrecked the game when we played him the first time uh, or the second time. The Colts have to do better against pass rushers, especially one against a team that doesn't have a secondary guy that's even close to as good as this guy is. So you can t- you can lend help to Fisher in a game like this and still be okay. It's not like you've got to double two guys because Braden Smith's going to take care of his guy on the other side. So you got to know, like you said, you got to know where Judon is and you got to get him blocked. That's the key. If you want to have any type of passing game, that's the key. That and run the ball. If you can do those things, you're going to have a good chance to win. But again, he's got to show me this. He has not shown me number two or number three on this list. We haven't been balanced against good teams and he hasn't single blocked or he hasn't helped the left tackle against elite pass rushers at all. So he's got to show me this week, this, you know, that he's, that he's able to change and adjust. Cause we haven't seen it since he's been here. Luke, is this nope. the week? I hope so. Cause if it's, if it's not the week, I, I think there's a good chance we don't win this game. Yeah. I mean, it would be a great week to be the week from the start. And what's Reich's record coming off buys. I forgot. I think we talked about it, but I can't remember. Uh, I think, Three and one or two and one. I, well, this I know would they be won. what's this? This is year four. So yeah, he would have. He'd probably be two and one. Yeah, two and one. All right, not terrible because his week one record when you have all the time in the world to prepare is awful, which is zero and four. So the bye week record not as bad has a couple wins at two and one. I wonder what Belichick's is. It's probably great, and then his. AFC divisional round by in the playoff record must be absurd because they went to like nine straight AFC championships for a little bit there and they were getting the bye pretty much every year. So when you give Belichick extra time to prepare, he is the best and Reich's been up and down this year up at least last week against Houston. And I would love to see him do what he did against Houston, which was feed Taylor 30 times. Even when Taylor got off to the slow start, he didn't abandon him. Maybe it was because we were going up against a bad team, but that's the formula against good teams. When you have a running back, like Jonathan Taylor against the bad teams, you could actually afford to not give Taylor the ball and you could beat them with Wentz, or you could beat them in other ways. When you play good teams, Ironically, those are the games where you really need to be committed to Jonathan Taylor. So as we segue now into our predictions, it's a tough one, Jason. I'm torn 
I'm torn because my brain is telling me to take the Patriots, but my heart is telling me to take the Colts. And I do think we're the more talented team. I think this comes down to coaching. And if it does, if this comes down to coaching, I think it's the Patriots game. But if Reich could put a similar game plan together as we've seen in the past, I think about the Buffalo game, I think about last week against the Texans, I think the Colts could win this game. So basically, if you don't turn the ball over and you're committed to the run and being balanced offensively, and you don't let Judon have a ridiculous game where he has three sacks and Carson turns the ball over two or three times, I think we could win this game. We're at home. There's obviously a lot of juice right now on this team. They feel good. Probably the healthiest we've been in a while, maybe since the beginning of the season. I saw that one tweet from Zach Kiefer or from, he blocked me. I think it was from Bowen that the team was jumping around. They were pumped up. That could go one of two ways. It's not always a positive thing. You could come out completely flat and get your doors blown off when you're overconfident. But I do feel like we're ready to kind of take that next step. But I could also see us having a 10-point lead and blowing it as we've done against pretty much every good team we faced this year outside of Buffalo. It happened to us against the Ravens. It happened to us once against the Titans. It happened to us against the Bucks, obviously, two weeks ago against Tampa Bay. So it's happened multiple times this year. I think at some point, win, lose, or draw, at some point we're going to have a big lead in this game. I just pray to God that Reich is able to hold on to that lead and coach to the flow of the game and coach and game plan his best player to touch the ball 25, 30 times in this game. And if we do that, I think we could win the game. Will we do that? I don't know. My brain is saying no, but my heart is saying yes. And for this Saturday special between the Colts and the Patriots, it's not a rivalry anymore, but historically, these two franchises go back and have had a great rivalry in the past. I think we get our first, well, I don't know if I think, but my heart's telling me the Colts get their first win against the Patriots since the fourth and two game in 2009. We're at home. It's prime time. We're coming off a bye, as are the Patriots, but we're coming off a bye. I'm going with the Colts. I'm taking the Colts in this game. I think it'll be a close game. And I'm going to go 20 to 17. Lower scoring. I'm taking the Colts by a field goal. Boy, do I hope you're right. Because I friggin' hate this team. I hate New England so much. I, I don't want them. But you There's like Josh McDaniels, team. right? Oh, I love Josh. He's the best. Because, you know, I'm glad he didn't take this job. Because I think we'd be in a lot worse position than we are. But I hate, like, I hate New England, dude. I'll hate them for the rest of my life. It's in me now. So... I want this game more than almost – I think I want this game more than even our Titan game because I hate – I just hate this team so much. And it pains me to say this right now. But I am going to have to go with New England. I think the Colts are favored by two and a half. I, last time I looked, yeah, I don't I'm know I'm surprised what about I, that, to be honest. I know we're home, but I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, I, I cannot trust Frank in big games. I, I think he's going to get out coached. I think he's going to be lured into throwing the ball. I think that means we're going to turn it over. I, I still think it'll be a close game. But the Patriots play better on the road. They're on a seven-game winning streak. There's not a lot, a lot of margin for error against this team because they're so well coached. and They play really fundamentally sound football. And I just I think it's going to be one of those things where Frank gets away from the run. 
and he has a little bit of success throwing, and then they start turning the ball over. And and you're just not going to beat him doing that. So until he proves – I mean, because I feel like an idiot if I keep saying, well, this is the week, this is the week, this is the week. Well, he hasn't really done it consistently. Uh, he had one good week and then, like, one bad week and another bad week. So I'm not getting fooled again. I'm taking New England. I, I think he – you know, I think he, he tries to prove that Wentz is – the man, and we turn the ball over. And I, I like New England, um, say, 27 to 20. I think it'll be a good game. I just think we're going to come up a little short. All of our games outside the first three weeks that we've lost have been by one possession. I think it's going to be a one-possession game either way. I just trust Bill Belichick more than I trust Frank Reich as a coach. And uh, I know Bill Belichick is going to run the ball until, you know, until there's no way they can win running the ball. Yep. And I don't think that Frank's going to do that. So I'm going to take New England, and uh, I think they win by a touchdown. Man. Because I said a couple weeks ago, I don't want to keep falling into the trap. And I'm hopeful that Frank Reich figures it out. But I didn't want to fall into the trap that he has figured it out. So that's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form based on last week's Texans game or two weeks ago's Texans game. But just for the purposes of this game, I do think because we have, like even in the games where Taylor gets shut down or, you know, shut down by Reich in the second half, like that Bucks game, we do come out the right way. So we're going to build that lead. I still think that. Like if we don't build the lead and we're trailing throughout the course of the game, I don't really see a path to victory because then Frank's definitely going to overcompensate. But if you replay the Bucks game, I know he doubled down, and that was scary. But if that's coach talk, and he really does replay that game, we probably break it up 14 passes to five runs during those first 19 dropbacks of the second half. So that's what I'm kind of banking on in this matchup, and it just means so much. But yeah, if you were to flip the coaches in this game, I think the Colts win this game with Belichick by probably 14 to 17 points. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really my, my mine's just based on on what he's done in games like this. That's the I mean No, it's fair. It's very fair. Yeah, and and listen, I I want to be so wrong, dude. I I hate you I mean, I've said it three times. I hate New England. I hate Boston in general. Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, hate them all. But I just think there's when you look at the coaches, the consistency is you know what you're getting with him, with the guy on the other sideline. With Frank, you kind of know what you're getting too. I'm going on what I've seen, not what I hope. So I hope I'm wrong, and I and I will gladly get on here and eat crow as I've done before if they lose if they win this game. I hope I, I want to be wrong. I want them to win this game more than anything. Um, but I just am so scared of him just unleashing Carson and, and just Judon getting after him, forced fumbles, bad throws. You know, that that's my worst nightmare, you know, and getting away from what this team does best. But again, anything's possible. So as Kevin Garnett once said, to kind of bring it full circle. So um, – How is that the, full the, circle? Because he played in Boston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he said that after they won the – I know. The Anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was corny, but it fit. So uh, it was corny, yeah. but it seemed like it was true emotion. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I'll have true emotion if the Colts win this game because I'm. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one I always circle when we play them. I hate. I because remember we played them in eighteen and our whole damn team was injured. We didn't even have yep. a full roster of players. So at least yeah. we know this week we'll have a full roster of players, right? Yeah. So, I hope I'm wrong. You know, but I just don't have a great feeling. Yeah. No, but, I don't have. I mean, I took them, but I don't have a great feeling. But I hope you're wrong too, Jason. They just defensively, they got to stop the run, and offensively, they've got to be committed and patient to you know and balanced. If they can do those three, if they do that on defense, if they stop the run, put it in Mac Jones' hands, and then on offense, stay balanced, don't get away from what they do best, and, and just be patient. You know, I I think that I do agree with you. I think they're the better team. I really do. But can they do that? Can Frank stay committed to that? That's the question. That's why they play the game. So we're going to find out Saturday night. Yep, and that's all we got. So we'll be back Saturday night into Sunday morning, depending on when we upload this podcast. My new computer so freaking fast. Maybe we'll get it up on Saturday night. So enjoy the game on Saturday. If you're going to the game, have fun. Stay safe. Let's see if we could kind of spark the old rivalry and reignite it between the Colts and the Patriots. Pretty much everybody is gone from the last time. We beat them in 2009, every player, every coach except Belichick. I mean, he might have a couple other guys on that staff. Like McDaniels, I'm pretty sure, was the offensive coordinator in 09. Was McDaniels there in 09 or was he in Denver? I think he was in Denver. Yeah, he might have been in Denver. Either way, screw him. So Belichick is really the only like main cog remaining between these two organizations besides like Rob Kraft and Jim Irsay from 2009. So a lot has changed. The entire Andrew Luck era is coming on. Like so many things have changed from the last time we met them or last time we beat them. Luke, one thing that has stayed the same for the Colts, the training staff. All right, Jason. Way to end this on a (laughs) negative note. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Way to end this on a negative note. So we'll be back Saturday night into Sunday morning. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Colts Patriots will be back with the game recap right here on the Fourth of Culture Podcast.